true two-parter yeah i guess that seems so long ago now (laughs) it it was a little bit i i didn't look at it like that because like we hadn't done one in so long yeah right but i guess yeah it was technically yeah there's a lot of anticipation for our big cap off episode for the season but But yeah i do feel like it's the start of new something new (laughs) yeah i just feel it in the air yeah (laughs) (laughs) Something's yeah, we're, the podcast. Yeah, I'm getting all tingly about the podcast possibilities <laughs> <laughs> and movie watching. Yes. Ah, yes. Judas and the Black Messiah and uh, Adam Driver and Lady Gaga are going to be in a movie together. <laughs> yeah, I saw that pick. Oh yeah. <laughs> Everyone's sharing at it. <laughs> that <laughs> the sexy pick of Adam Driver and Lady Gaga. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Gucci. What is it called? Gucci, Gucci House? Yeah, yeah. I think it's might be Gucci House. Something like that, yeah. That's, yeah. That'll be that'll be huge whenever that comes out. Like Adam Driver, he like does everything. <laughs> yeah, um and yeah. then Lady Gaga is always in something like huge and Adam Driver's just kinda of doing another thing. Yeah. But this is like Lady Gaga's second thing. Yeah, really. This is after a star is born, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure, yeah, they're both I'm sure this movie is going to be equally as. I'm interested as what how what that's going to be, mm-hmm. like uh, how she's going to be again, you know? Yeah, because she was pretty natural in the like a Star Is Born. Because I think she was. I think she was really good, and I think the role was right for her, you know? Yeah, she's bas- basically playing a version of herself. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I didn't see. I didn't. Yeah, I, it's not like I was like after. I'm like, oh man, I'm dying to see how her acting career pans out necessarily. <laughs> Yeah, right. We're getting this season started off with another Bender episode or sort of how, uh, I guess, Luke's guide to surviving COVID. Yeah. Because I had COVID and I watched a lot of things. So uh, it's good. That's going to be like the running uh, uh, narrative of uh, what we what I've been watching lately. And John's just going to be, you know, normally. (laughs) <laughs> he, he, his bender is normal and normally healthy and uh yeah just f- business as usual <laughs> yeah this is uh this is my bender for when i was you know worried about luke surviving <laughs> when <I> was, COVID, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> worried about well you're still an emotional toll on COVID. me too yeah <laughs> and still worried about getting covid yourself probably yeah. <laughs> still in the yeah, yeah pandemic, as a preventative wash your hands mode as a preventative measure, I stayed home and watched these movies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this is also my guide to surviving. Yeah. <laughs> we all are surviving COVID at the moment. True. True. Why don't you? Uh, why don't you start us off? All right. So I'm starting at January 27th. Oh, wow. uh, my first movie of having day COVID. one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Was. Uh, so actually before this, I, re- I really quickly watched like Euphoria season two, episode two. 
Uh, I'll just like say I watch. I won't talk about it much. I don't even know if you watch Euphoria necessarily. I, I don't, but I, I know. About yeah. It. So I mean, it. I wouldn't like. I would. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what I would tell you about it. You have to like be deep into it to <laughs> to tell you about it. But um, in uh, in relation to that, like Malcolm and Marie, I will be coming up on my uh, movie bender. Considering it's the same. Uh, you know, director and actor. Um, but yeah, so the first thing I watched when I had COVID was that. Um, but the first actual like feature movie I watched um, was We Are Marshall. Uh, <laughs> the McGee f- football movie um, with Matthew McConaughey and uh, Matthew Fox, yeah. Anthony Mackie, uh, David Stratham, <laughs> Kate Mara, January Jones, it's a very loaded cast. A star-studded, wow. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, man, I don't know if I've mentioned it that much, but uh, I love the sports movie. Have yeah. I mentioned that? We talked about that last time. <laughs> Probably yeah. a ton of times <laughs> I've said that. But, um, yeah, I love the sports movie. I think they're so ridiculous, but also, like, uh, I don't know, they provide such great uh, platforms for amazing actors to give, like, really, like, funny memorable performances uh and i don't know just the repetitiveness and the like the goofy inspirational shit of it i just grew up with it and i so i like it and i've been trying to watch as many as possible and this one has been on my list for a while because i was like i was like i have to see like mcconaughey as a as a coach you know like a football coach is like Hmm. the perfect role for him um (laughs) And at the same time, I've also been watching a lot of like 2000s McConaughey stuff this year. So like, uh, so I like know like what his career was like before. And I've seen a lot of like really bad rom-coms and a lot of very ridiculous things that I can't believe he did. And, but we are Marshall on the other hand, I think he fits very well into this role. Um, and just uh, like is really the uh the best part of this movie <laughs> uh for sure um and just the cast alone is the best part of this movie this, there's a lot of like script problems and a lot of uh uh just very corny uh just bad uh corny bad drama about people not being able to get over the plane crash uh, that the Miami football team goes through at the beginning and whether they should continue football and all that stuff um, so that stuff gets a little corny and like, you're like, all right, that's bad, bad screenwriting right there, you know, stuff like that. But it is very worth it to watch like McConaughey and Matthew Fox and David Stratham and just this goofy football movie. And Anthony Mackie has some cra- really crazy moments of acting too. Um, so yeah, I definitely would recommend We Are Marshall uh, if, if you're ever feeling <laughs> that sort of thing john it's on uh, hbo max well, I, i've seen uh i saw we are marshall in the theaters actually oh shit uh, yeah luck it lucky yeah <laughs> it was it was amazing what a cinematic <laughs> experience oh i but i used to i did used to love we are marshall back in the day and i i think i'd yeah i think i'd seen a little bit of it since then and yeah <laughs> i didn't really like it that much yeah i didn't like we talked about this a little bit last time too is i i'm sometimes like iffy on sports movies especially when they're sappy like it's hard for me to even 
ironically get into them sometimes. Right. Um, yeah, you have to go. I go full, uh, <laughs> just not serious at all. But at sports movies as a whole, I still enjoy watching. You you don't are you're not a fan of the the Disney sports movies? No, I don't really care for Remember okay. the Titans. <laughs> Mighty Ducks is okay. I, I, I absolutely love Remember the Titans. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's not that I have like I just think they're just god awful and I hate them. It's just it's really hard for me to get into the just get into it. Yeah. Yeah. Whether or not I'm serious or or being ironic about it. Yeah. Mhm. So anyways, that's where oh, yeah. we are, Marshall. Uh, okay, well then I'll, I'll go with my sports movie, which I just teased a little bit for mine. Uh, I watched He Got Game recently. Ah, I've been Mike thinking Lee. about rewatching that lately. Yeah, and this is this is the type of sports movie that I like too, I guess. is uh, You know, this is very, uh, you know, real story about a father and yeah. son. Mm-hmm. And it's not just, and you know, it's more of a personal story than just um, you know, about the town coming together to support the team or something like that. You know, that this is more along the lines of something that I'd be uh, I'd be into. Um, but yeah, I really loved uh, He Got Game. Denzel is obviously great in it. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, I thought it really did a good job of, I don't know, painting a picture of this uh, young basketball player who has family issues and he's but he's also you know a huge star i think it's easy to empathize mm-hmm. with because that's uh yeah, yeah. and I, I i thought ray allen was pretty good there are some times where i felt like <laughs> like man this is just ray allen this is ray allen <laughs> yeah but then other times yeah i, I didn't think he was uh i thought he's pretty good for not acting I, it, anything ever, it adds you know? points for me that it's like ray allen in it even though he's yeah. not like amazing yeah right yeah it's still cool yeah. that he, that Spike Lee actually used a, uh, um, you know, actual NBA player who uh, wasn't too far off from you know being a high school, high school basketball player and everything. So, uh, yeah, yeah, he got yeah game. classic classic movie. Yeah, great. Uh, all right, and uh, so here's something to bring up. Uh, so I don't know if you remember in the number thirty-two of my list of the last episode, I brought up a movie called Lockdown. Oh yeah, yeah, Lockdown. for our twenty twenty lists. Yeah. Well, I found out. I think maybe a week later, that or I realized at least that Lockdown is a twenty twenty one movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny you bring that up because I realized uh, Pretend It's a City, which was on my list too, is a twenty twenty one show. <laughs> <laughs> All right, at least we're even then. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was funny too because like. I decided to do an extra movie on my list, you know, one more than you. And I brought that one up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The one that didn't even count. <laughs> yeah. What a, but what a dumbass thing to do, oh, man. Um, but the next movie I watched on my COVID bender is locked down. I, I, which is kind of funny because it's like, like the, <laughs> I'm not I, clearly why I wasn't going for like quality in my first two runs of having COVID. Yeah, I was just really trying to see doing new... anything. Yeah. Yeah, I was really up for whatever. <laughs> and I think I just wanted to see new things that were on HBO Max because I just had it pulled up on my laptop. Okay, my next thing I watch would be the the special Larry David Curb Your Enthusiasm. 
Oh man, um, I have not which, seen this yet, and I don't know why. Yeah, um, yeah, it's something I I just still can't believe I hadn't seen. It. And I won't say it's like it's not a necessary watch mm-hmm. at all. Um, but it's really interesting if you want to like. I don't know if you're if you're trying to see the whole evolution of how Curb Your Enthusiasm became the show it is, because it this is really him like the like these guys starting at the ground level of just like the you know the whole the improvising situ- situational comedy stuff and like what Larry David's like on camera persona is. Mm-hmm. So like I would say this is a very like very much like a less funny, more dry, more awkward version of the show Curb Your Enthusiasm. And it's kind of, and kind of based around the idea of Larry David, like going back to do a stand-up special and stuff like that. Um, but still it is, I still think it's good and worth watching. Um, yeah. Also HBO Max. Nice. So far are you, uh, during your COVID quarantine? It was all HBO, HBO. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I like made an account and a list and just got going. Nice. Um, all right. I'll go next with, uh, you know what, for, for how, whatever I said about sports movies, I watched a couple of sports movies, uh, in the past <laughs> month, <laughs> but, uh, I liked he got game a lot. The, this next one I watched, um, uh, was okay. It's uh, John McEnroe in the realm of perfection. I uh, don't know if you've heard of this. This was, I think it was on the Criterion channel. Mm. Um, but uh, it's a documentary about John McEnroe. And um, I really didn't know anything about it going into it. Don't even really know anything about the director. Looks like he's done a, a documentary on volleyball before too. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so this was basically an analysis of John McEnroe at the French Open in 1984 and I'd just been watching the Australian Open so I was all like hyped up on tennis <laughs> I was like I want to watch a tennis movie <laughs> <laughs> which every, I'm sure everyone was thinking too so yeah. I uh, so yeah this one looks it's the only looks... mindset to be in in February or yeah. late January exactly yeah it's uh yeah it's tennis season uh mindset right there but i uh i like john McEnroe, and he was he's like a pundit you know on espn when they um show the the grand slams and everything so started watching this and it's it from the get-go i was like hell yes this Uh tennis man this is Uh sick and it's just like this slow-mo of john McEnroe tossing out the ball for a serve and this like Sonic Youth song in the background, just building up and building up. Uh, and then like the title card shows. And I was like, holy shit, this is going to be awesome. Uh, and then it's pretty much just like throughout the, the match movie. It's just like the same thing over and over again. So it's weird. Cause there's um, it's just showing uh, different matches from the French open that John McEnroe yeah. in that year. And there's a narrator is it, over is it filmed it. all like cinematically it is so it does yeah. it looks amazing especially when they're on court mm-hmm. um and uh yeah it's it's co- sort of commentary on john McEnroe as he um you know 
his his play style and and everything uh-huh. and that that is definitely interesting especially as someone who really enjoys tennis um but it got to a point where it was just sort of uh it just felt like the same thing over and over again and there's only so much like john McEnroe screaming about like where the ball landed and <laughs> the ball mark like he really yeah. at the end of it i just hated john McEnroe because <laughs> uh, he just complains so much but uh yeah this i would only recommend to people who are really into tennis because um besides like the first 15 minutes you'd probably lose a lot of interest but um yeah it was all right uh, yeah if you want to see some cool cinematic tennis then that's that's cinematic tennis you. yeah <laughs> who knows yeah it might change your life who knows i really do like uh kobe doing work i don't know if you've oh, watched yeah. that yet but the way it's like cinematic basketball and just like po like pov of kobe like that stuff i like i love that no yeah that's that's cool that's i would definitely recommend kobe doing work over over this one cool um so my next flick would be a movie I'm, I, I know you've seen, uh, Oceans 8. Ah, yes. Yeah, 2018. So I never, yeah, just never saw it when it came out, and it was always, like, in my mind. Well, what was more in my mind was definitely to, like, be in, get more into Oceans in general. So, like, in the mm-hmm. past couple <laughs> of years, I've like watched oceans 11 a couple times then i watched like oceans 12 and oceans 13 um all that i which all that i would say are uh just like more worth watching than oceans 8 but i still had to you know watch oceans 8 because i really didn't know i didn't i didn't really know the general consensus on it i thought like most people liked it and i kind of felt very just mixed um and strange when i watched this movie and i think like overall i don't think i i, I don't think i liked it um but like <laughs> I, when I'm it's, with you. yeah yeah but when it started i was kind of like oh this is kind of cool you know like this got that oceans vibe and stuff and it got going and i was still kind of enjoying it but i don't know once it ended i was i was like eh, nah yeah i just yeah i never really got into it i didn't really care yeah uh yeah there's just something like it's just so much more artificial about like um the heist personas of all the females in comparison to uh soderbergh's oceans you know like all of them like all like you can feel like just so much more immersion in the characters and like that in all the men you know what i mean yeah I, like, I really I felt like that a lot of them were pretty bland or just oh yeah folks oh yeah characters. like Kate Blanchett yeah. what a uh, the cast is great too and then like yeah. Kate Blanchett I remember her character being like totally plain and having yeah, nothing just, interesting to do really just really not doing anything yeah. yeah I thought I felt that way too and there's just some it's just all off you know what I mean like they're trying mm. to replicate oceans but they're just it's all off like the blocking of like all the actors is not is like laughable in comparison to like the blocking of oceans 11 for instance like all those men just like like for instance like matt damon he's an incredible on camera just walker like when you (laughs) walk with matt damon in a movie you are like with him like his stride is just you know perfect for big movies 
Mm-hmm. Um, same thing with like Brad Pitt and stuff. And it's just that and like so Soderbergh's camera work. There's just, and the lighting and stuff and I'll, I'll, Vegas. Just so there's just so much uh, off. Yeah. Um, but I, I also think I don't know. I think maybe I'm comparing them too much because like I think genuinely this movie alone, I have a lot of corals with it. Not that it just uh, stands in the shadow of those movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, isn't, like, uh, isn't Sandra Bullock like George Clooney's sister? Yeah. Uh, cousin, maybe, or sister. Cousin, yeah. 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 I didn't. Yeah. And she, I just didn't think she was that, uh, you know, that great <laughs> in the movie. I genuinely didn't. I remember a weird scene where she, I think she visits his like grave or something. Yeah, she does. Like yeah. 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 I just remember that being weird. I, yeah. For some reason. Yeah, it just feels like I don't know. It's all it's all off. Like they got all these women to just be in this, just to be in this. It wasn't like like they just like oh, Rihanna's famous, Aquafina's famous, you know. Who's who right now? It very it very much feels like a curated like cast, and like not you know not in the right way necessarily. It's like Mm -hmm. more producer centric. Yeah, makes sense. But I also say maybe it's a quality flick, even though it's very flawed and not good. <laughs> maybe, yeah. If if that makes sense. Yeah, I didn't. I definitely didn't hate it, but. Um... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me neither. And there's way worse movies like. Yeah. Out. It's just yeah. I had some corals. Yeah, if you're if you're into Ocean's Eight, that's that's fine. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. Personally, just wasn't that into it. Yeah. Uh. All right. Oh, yeah, that, was, that was good. I needed to get that out. Of <laughs> those thoughts. All right. Then uh, I'll move on to my next one, which was a movie you've seen. Uh, Weekend. Jean-Luc oh, Godard. Jean, Jean-Luc, Jean-Luc Godard. Godard yeah. Jean. So this this year, I've, I'm trying to get myself to watch more of these like, like art house foreign films that I've been been sleeping on for a while Yeah, (laughs) that are all on like criterion channel or HBO now. Yeah. I'm like, okay, at some point I just got to sit down and watch some of these. All of them. Yes. And there's (laughs) plenty that I, you'll never get through as many as you think. (laughs) No way. Yeah. No, like I've been trying like, I, I think I watched a Fellini a few weeks ago and I watched another Fellini last night just remembering oh yeah I said I was gonna watch Fellini (laughs) (laughs) yeah you definitely need to mix it up though because yeah yeah because you're purely you are purely watching for like you you are getting a very very pleasant very beautiful experience most of the time but you are also watching for like not really like pleasure or like relaxation you are watching for like higher like research understa- high, you're yeah i know it's an insane <laughs> thing to do you're watching for higher understanding yeah exactly because like no one's gonna give a shit that you like watched like john luca dard no. movie <laughs> yeah, no exactly. one in, in fact they'd prefer you like didn't tell them yeah why yeah yeah like, exactly. what are you saying what are you saying you weirdo <laughs> you're <laughs> yeah who cares that's that's exactly the reaction and yes, I mean, I, I, it's almost like research. Yeah. It feels like work. And when I watched this, I was in a mindset of, I was like, man, I really feel like 
tonight i just want to watch like a couple you know back-to-back like more artsy films like this and then as soon as weekend was over i was like no i gotta watch something completely different now (laughs) Um, well isn't weekend very long uh weekend it's uh it's not too long it's under two hours yeah i remember it feeling long at least that's that's what I was just gonna say. Yeah, it did feel long though. And <laughs> boy, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, because it's I... so like hypnotic and shit. I think it just like, yeah, kind of puts you in a weird trance. Yeah, and you know, I liked I liked Breathless, which I think was the first Godard movie I'd seen, and mm-hmm. I, I didn't like. It wasn't like I didn't think it was amazing. At least it didn't like resonate so much with me, but uh you know i like yeah, the music in it it's, and it it's cool, cool but... and it's got a lot of cool footage of cars in paris yeah it's, yeah yeah it's fine yeah it's, it's yeah yeah so i was expecting this to be you know something that i just like find at least enjoyable but uh, especially i was interested when i read the the plot description which is about like cannibalism and murder and uh, i was <laughs> like oh okay we're gonna get into some stuff here but uh yeah overall i felt like weekend was a little bit too much of like beating me over the head with uh you know political and um societal like issues that godard has that for the most part i'm like in agreement with you know yeah that you know maybe maybe back in the 60s it was more of like felt new but to me i felt like at this point i just didn't really care to hear you know what he had to say because it felt like a lot of just him, a lot of you know, the characters are just sort of explaining his theories on a lot of things which just got kind of tired and, and long for me and i feel like that his the audience that he pictured for this movie are never going to watch this movie um you know i can't see any like big right-wing fascists sitting down to watch a french a new wave French film. So it's like, yeah, I don't know. It it felt super long to me and I just wasn't, wasn't really into it, but I did still think it was like beautifully shot. And there's some scenes that I really loved, like the, the traffic jam scene, which is so long. Yeah. Incredibly long one. Yeah. That's mainly the main thing I remember. Yeah. From it. Yeah. Cause that scene was crazy, but yeah, I overall, I'm not into weekend either. Um, mainly because when I watched it, I just really didn't just really didn't get it. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> I just kind of walked away from it, like being like, "What did I just watch?" Mm-hmm. Um, but I uh, there was a there are a lot of like really cool things in it. Just like the yeah the traffic the traffic thing is like all time. That's like an all time like movie moment, you know, that you could put on some list. Mm-hmm yeah yeah it was definitely i mean obviously really well made and uh some cool stuff in it but yeah overall i just thought it was kind of a kind of a slog for me for i watched godard's contempt once and i was just i thought it was like the most pretentious thing i'd ever seen (laughs) (laughs) but at the same time i was like this is kind of amazing but i also (laughs) don't really get what's going on (laughs) yeah 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 um yeah so you with know. that said though i did uh the other day i did watch uh piro le fou the guitar oh film. yeah i saw that i haven't seen that but uh, since you like it i'm gonna check that out for sure that one i did really like uh yeah, yeah. I, I won't talk too much yeah. about that because yeah um it's coming up 
yeah it'll it'll come up but yeah i, I did like yeah that. okay my next movie uh this is a, this is an interesting one Ooh. i watched uh i well I actually rewatched steven spielberg's hook hook yeah <laughs> Which All right. um, I, I think we talked, we probably mentioned it one time during our Spielberg summer series. Yeah. Um, and, and I thought I had never seen Hook. But when I watched Hook while I had COVID, I realized, holy shit, I've totally seen this when I was a kid. <laughs> Just, you know, really little. And I saw it like one time. Mm-hmm. But it was, and I didn't really know what was going on. But I just remember thinking it was amazing as a kid, like especially like the last fight between uh, Robin Williams and Dustin Hoffman, you know, yeah. is I just thought it was amazing. Um, how could yeah. I, you know you're a kid? Um, yeah, well, yeah so, it's one of my favorite movies growing up. Yeah. Yeah. I can totally see that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, on rewatch, like when this movie began, I thought, like, dude, this is amazing. Yeah, I really did. I thought, I like, I thought everything it was going for of like Peter Pan growing up and all that stuff and becoming like a nine to five, just work obsessive uh, father. I thought that was actually real, like, done really well done um, mm-hmm. in the in the beginning and him having to like find. Um, him in denial about like his whole like childhood, the fact that he doesn't remember anything. Yeah. Well, yeah, his for his childhood that went on for, you know, who who knows how long his childhood went on for. <laughs> yeah. um, and so, and then he, you know, he goes back to the he goes back to Neverland, and then he starts to like meet all the kids in Neverland, and that's when the movie kind of took a dip for me a lot. I started to be like, oh my God, this is awful. This is unbearable, you know, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And then it kind of like picked back up again towards the end in like the last 30 to you know, 20 to 30 minutes or so. So it was definitely up and down overall, not, I don't know if I would even call this a call this good. Cause it is so, there's so much bad parts <laughs> that make it a slog. I would say it's like way too long. Um, but there's also oh, just yeah. so much good things in it as well. Like, um, for instance, how committed every person is in their role. Like Robin Williams and Dustin Hoffman and Julia Roberts are just very, just do a really good job in this, uh, despite uh, the obvious like weirdness of it. Like Julia Roberts being Tinkerbell, for for instance. Yeah. Um, and uh, but you get good things out of it because it's spielberg you know even though this is one of his weirder ones uh it still is uh magical (laughs) yeah this is a super weird movie but uh yeah i I have a soft spot in my heart for it same my my sister and i used to watch it all the time yeah uh but yeah it is it's two and a half hours long like that is insane (laughs) for this movie yeah this movie of all movies to be not to yeah to be that long uh, yeah but, i appreciated uh, yeah. the movie but yeah it was took up some time for sure especially i'm saying i'm telling you that middle section i wish i was some of those things i wish i just hadn't seen <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's uh there's still still some weird stuff in it that just makes me think it's for sure like of its time 
Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very 1991. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Nice. I'm glad you uh, <laughs> revisited Hook. Yep. <laughs> uh okay next next one i'll do this is uh i'm gonna knock out four in one right here because uh we we talked about this a little bit last time too but i've been on a documentary kick which i even just talked about a you know another documentary the john McEnroe one but uh in the past month i've seen three different bob dylan documentaries and uh (laughs) yeah (laughs) I thought so. I think I saw you watching Bob Dylan documentaries on Letterboxd, and I just like, but I didn't realize it was three times. I think I just ha- thought I was having deja vu or, yeah. or something <laughs> like that. Oh, it's like he's, you know, it's just the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I watched so, three okay. different, two or four music documentaries in total. The first of which was Monterey Pop by D.A. Pennebaker which yeah, last I still, year I still want to see that one. Yeah. Last year, I remember you talking about DA Pennebaker and I was like, oh, <laughs> I was like, Oh, I got to watch those. And now it took me a year to get to I it. I could see myself on the podcast with John, you're going to see yeah. DA Pennebaker. <laughs> yeah. It's like, who the hell? Yeah. And, uh, you know, seeing, uh, seeing Monterey pop, that was a good like introduction to his style and everything. Um, it's very much just, you're just like an observer of what's going on. Yeah. Um, at this festival um I, I yeah i thought it was super interesting i've i'm definitely very into that stuff just sort of being a fly on the wall to yeah that was sort of my introduction to d.a pennebaker then the other dylan ones i watched were his uh his one um don't look back and then the two scorsese ones uh, yeah first one i watched was rolling thunder review which is like the most recent one um and all three of these bob dylan documentaries are like different very different styles from each other mm-hmm. um so that, yeah i thought i for some reason i've been listening to a lot of bob dylan lately i'm a casual bob dylan fan not uh not a huge you're not obsessive <laughs> i don't know everything about him i've seen him live and um just just because he was on the same concert as wilco and my morning jacket because you're but... not as you're not deep enough john that's why you're yeah. not full dylan man. yeah no, i'm not a huge dylan head yeah um but i do i really like with that said i still i really like dylan but um yeah i just i don't know every every uh, song that he has but nah me me neither yeah but i love these uh documentaries about him oh yeah uh, you watched you watched three yeah and there's some of his some of his music i really really like and there's a lot of it that i just feel like okay about so i just haven't gotten to it yeah so like do you like is it 60s dylan do you like or do you like 70s dylan see i like a little bit i like a little bit of both i really like um i can't think of the name of the album but it has like blown in the wind and don't think twice it's all right yeah that's like a street with the girl that's a 60s one yeah that's like like yeah exactly album and then the other album i really like of his is the one where it's like i can't think of any of the names of these albums but it's like purple and it's like a drawn version of his face from the side side profile and like shelter of the storm tangled up in blue is on it those are the two albums blood I on the tracks most. yeah blood on the tracks that's yeah it. that yeah. one's good i listen that to those good. two more than more than his other albums mm. um yeah. I, I like new morning a lot um have you heard that one Let's see i got a it's got that big lebowski song oh yes that yeah. opens up the movie 
Yeah, so that's I love a, that that's song. a yeah. good yeah yeah who doesn't so la, that's la, a good la, album la, la, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> la, 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 la 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 um yeah. and I like I like I don't know I like Blonde on Blonde and Highway sixty one revisited man he oh, has yeah. Highway sixty one revisited yeah okay I love that's Bob like rock and yeah. ro- that's like <laughs> rock and roll Bob Dylan wow what yeah I'm like looking through I'm like what an incredible career of yeah <laughs> I think a big reason is is just it's like intimidating with how much of like a there, catalog he has and and how much different stuff yeah. And so, how the fa- and and how it's all like deep, yeah. I so I you know I really I there's a lot of Bob Dylan songs that I listen to all the time, but it's it's usually like the same, you know, select like ten songs. Yeah. Um, so I I'm think tr- I'm trying to get more into him, I guess. So I think like before I had seen "Don't Look Back," I don't think I was necessarily as into the album. The times are changing. Um, mm-hmm. but when I, after I saw Don't Look Back, I was definitely into that album because I think that's like that the doc shows him like in that space, you know? Yeah. And it starts out with him doing the, um, it's the like video for subterranean homesick blues where yeah. he's flipping through like the posters, whatever. Mm-hmm. That's a really cool. Yeah. Scene, yeah. That's what like, seriously, it's one of my favorite documentaries. Um, same. I, I don't know. Do, uh, how did you rank the documentaries you just saw? Uh, this... So out of the three of them, Don't Look Back was definitely my, my favorite. Uh, I I just loved how it was just, you know, I it's felt like, like I was there. You it's know? so intimate. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so very intimate. intimate. And yeah. Yeah. Like, like I said before, like just being a fly in the wall, seeing all these things, you know, like the, um, the negotiation with um, his manager and the booker when he's trying to get these shows in England and the different conversations they're having on the phone, basically trying to like, you know, manipulate down to a better or to a better price. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, I thought that was really fascinating. Like Bob Dylan uh, drunk and yelling at people about like who threw that bottle or so, like someone threw a bottle out the window of the hotel and there's yeah. like, this big group. Then it's like, like this isn't like scripted or anything. This is just, just observing bob dylan get pissed off yeah at all these people and the the press interviews are really interesting he comes across as, a, yeah. as kind of a dick sometimes for sure he's like he's like incredibly like pretentious and like yeah. so in the clouds of just uh you know being like an artist and stuff exactly um but it's so it's he like pulls it off well and really yeah. kind of uh I don't know, turns it on like the journalists. It feels like, I don't know, I'm like watching like Marlon Brando in an interview with like, like a different version of it because yeah. Brando is incredibly pretentious, but also you're also like, oh, it's but, but because he knows what he's talking about. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Because like, yeah. he knows everything. He's, they're yeah. geniuses, you know? So yeah, I, I love that shit. Like I was walking around like t- trying to like, think like bob dylan the rest of the day i'm pretty <laughs> <Yeah>. sure <laughs> it put me into this weird like headspace yeah i mean of like the past hundred years he's easily one of the most influential biggest names in pop culture uh yeah it, it's of, of modern history he's he's one of the biggest people there is so uh yeah he's he's just on a different wavelength and, yeah, uh, yeah. There's every like every scene of the D.A. Pennebaker one. It's like 
something there's something to like take away or something very fascinating mm-hmm. just yeah when and i love like just backs- watching him write music yes when he's uh when he's just on his typewriter and like joan Baez mm-hmm. is singing and i was just like this is chill as fuck no, like nothing <laughs> like, was really how happening, they live but yeah it was so mm-hmm. so interesting yeah so i love that like slice of life uh type thing that was yeah that was really cool and then the the scorsese ones i liked a lot too um no direction home was definitely more of like a basic interview style you know like a lot of talking heads and um and it's super long too this one took me a couple days to finish but um it's (laughs) probably are they do they get to four hours i think it's three and a half almost four um it's almost four yeah but uh right i really like no direction home but um yeah it wasn't as interesting to me because don't look back is uh, i thought very unique and then yeah same with rolling thunder review ones are more like by the book documentary except for rolling thunder review that one it's more of uh still a documentary but there's script a scripted element to it too okay yeah um i guess i had i had to be there yeah it's once you (laughs) once you watch it i think you'll you'll understand yeah yeah i know i kind of i kind of do i just don't know how to word that you know it's like an experimental sort of thing yeah um yeah it it definitely is but uh yeah out of all those i really loved don't look back and yeah i could i could watch that on repeat uh just super super interesting and i just yeah now i have a newfound appreciation for like that style of uh documentary yeah that's cool three bob dylan documentaries yeah so now i've been listening to a lot of bob dylan lately because of that so yeah no that's cool you're in, and you're in you're the wet in the west coast bay area it's a perfect place to be doing that yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right so my next movie is considered to be one of the best motion pictures ever made oh and boy. i have took me forever to see it but I finally watched Gone with the Wind. Oh wow! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, how long is Gone with the Wind? This John? one's like it's four hours too. Two hundred and thirty-three minutes. That is. <laughs> it's got pause for math. That's like just short of four hours. Yep, incredibly long. Wow, it's incredibly long. It's an an epic in southern civil in the south of uh, the civil war south um and kind of like that you know whole plantation region the (laughs) the civil war south um (laughs) so like this movie has like very clear like uh it's like political issues you know like for instance like hbo max didn't have it for a little bit because of uh really well, yeah, because I, it's mainly due to uh, like the treatment of African Americans in this movie, uh, and also, uh, um, just like the the main the main character. I think it mostly has to do with like the main characters just all being slavers. Yeah, that, it's on a plantation. Um, yeah, I guess I didn't yeah, even realize yeah. that. And she, um, the main character, uh, Scarlett O'Hara. 
Scarlett O'Hara. Oh yes. Uh, yes. Um, she kind of yells at. Uh, I noticed <laughs> that she kind of yells at uh, her African American slaves uh, a lot in this movie, and is kind of mean to them. Uh, <laughs> Just kind of in like a spoiled, like, go get me this. I want to be rich again type thing. You know, so like that's kind of, so that's kind of like, you know, that's like an immediate kind of like thing. Uh, turn off. Turn off in this movie is just yeah. like that the ma- the characters are kind of, kind of shitty in yeah, a way. Racist assholes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah. And they're all like rich and shit. And, um, but at the same time, this movie is so is just like very well made and done. And so you also see why you like you're supposed to have seen it and why it's so well regarded and was such a big deal at the time. Uh, that I don't know, you you're able to like look past it, but you don't really forget about it ever. You know what I mean? The film doesn't because the characters are who they are uh, the mm-hmm. whole time. But this is like I don't know. It's a it's a just almost other than that, all, all other than the political uh, issues. This is like kind of a perfect film. Wow. Yeah. So I still haven't seen it, but I, yeah, I'm aware of its significance. But yeah, it's a it's, big deal. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it is. Yeah. I think there's also like a lot of I, I've read uh, stories on just the making of this movie and how much like the producer like David Selznick put into it and how it was like such a big launching point of his career and, uh, and just such a big deal for movies at the time to a point where like the studios weren't, they the, you know, they had never put like that much into a movie before or something like that, like the scale. And um, I, I don't know, it was just like a daring point for uh, the movie business at the time, I think. Yeah, so yeah. it's cool for that, and uh, I also like the, like how you've been saying you want to watch more French New Wave. I've been wanting to watch more thirty movies, thirties movies lately. Uh, yeah, uh, maybe if if I get COVID, then that'll be one of my uh, quarantine. <laughs> You'll probably watch Gone with the Wind if you have COVID. Yeah, exactly. Nice. All right, all right. My next one, I'll go with is. Multiple Maniacs, uh, John Waters movie, uh, which is on HBO Max and Criterion Channel. Um, but uh, yeah, so Multiple Maniacs, um, I no idea what to expect, really. Hadn't seen uh, John Waters movie. So this is my uh-huh. first one. I don't think so, at least. Um, and yeah, it's my first one. I don't think and, I've seen a John Waters movie. Yeah, and I and I've been uh, trying to uh, to see more of his, but uh, I feel like this is the only one that I'm aware of that's streaming right now. But uh, yeah, I, I now I I can totally sort of grasp his style more. Uh, I've seen some interviews with John Waters, so I, I know at least you know basic info about him and uh, and his career, I guess. But uh, yeah, multiple maniacs. No idea what to expect and it's a very weird funny surreal uh just ridiculous movie um that is really <laughs> hard to explain uh there's, there's some okay. scenes that felt like uh 
um yeah they they, they almost felt like uh some like random comedy sketch um and i i can't believe that certain things happened in certain scenes too uh, i don't want to give i don't want to give anything away because i was genuinely like uh, there are a few things that happened that i was super excited that happened because of how weird they were and how nobody could have expected that something like that to happen um but uh yeah it's uh at the same time it's a little um it was definitely confusing for me <laughs> to watch <laughs> uh i wasn't always certain what who was who and what and what was going on um felt like a lot of people were just sort sort of uh you know coming in and out of the uh, uh of the movie and there wasn't really like an introduction to their character. So you just kind of had to go along with it, but it follows lady divine who um, was this um, drag queen back in the day who I think um, she did a lot of movies with John waters and uh, yeah, it's uh, it basically it, it follows a story of her and oh, there's, you know, murder and uh freak show weird stuff and uh yeah I, I can't i don't even know how to describe it that much but uh i i enjoyed it overall i think i hope that there's um maybe other john waters movies that i can get into a little more so i i had a hard time just like paying attention because of the audio points too you know it's very like organic and natural and, and there's a lot of uh background noise that was a bit distracting for me uh and you know maybe it was intentional maybe it was because it's sort of a low budget um type movie but it did bother me a little bit that um just just the sound uh in general but uh yeah i uh, i'm hoping to get more into john waters and uh see what he's all about but uh yeah i would i would recommend multiple maniacs though it's an experience he made serial mom i think people like that serial mom See, Cry Baby is the big one that I and Pink Flamingos are the, I guess the big ones that I've heard about, um, to watch of his. But yeah, I don't I don't know anything about where they're streaming. So yeah, I don't really know any of his other films either. But now I know about Multiple yeah. Maniacs. Yeah, he's an interesting guy. So yeah, yeah, I would uh, I would check it out. Nice, another another director to the list. Exactly. Yeah. Um, all right, so my next thing's a stand-up special. All right. Um, and it's definitely one of the, my favorite stand-up specials that I've watched in a little bit. It is Fred Armisen's stand-up for drummers. Oh, nice. I liked the, I liked this a lot. Um, it was about as good as it could have been, in my opinion. <laughs> um, like, and it, I don't think. As long as you're someone who has like been a musician at least before to me and also or is just immersed in music, I think this is something you could you'll just be you'll just love. Like it's it's great. Mm-hmm. Um it's just there's just so much brilliant uh uh just like impressions of like drummer drummers like I uh, like he he does like every drumming style starting from like the 30s you know or something like that like 30s till the 2000s um he he has all these bids about playing in a band he um it, like just 
just a great like just really funny like musical impressions just like impressions using instruments stuff like that <laughs> um and just he has great observations of like uh I don't, of, of music in in general and just like 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 he'll play he'll play he plays music sometimes like jazz and he'll be like he'll be like oh he'll stop it and he'll be like, okay so what was the melody? <laughs> he was like, what was the melody in the, there? Do you remember? Does anyone remember? And everyone's like, no one remembers it. Because <laughs> jazz is so crazy and all over all over the place and improvisational and abstract and stuff. It's just it's just so great. And, and Fred Ar- Armisen is just, you know, he, he is just brilliant at everything he does. So I'm not surprised at all that he's great. He was great at this, too. Um, and probably one of the best things he does is he does like impressions of like almost like not every state. I've but seen almost. that. Yeah. Like, uh-huh. yeah. And it's, it's fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, just overall highly, highly recommend. I had a great time <laughs> with stand up <laughs> for drummers. Nice. I actually, I, yeah, I probably watched this soon. I totally forgot this existed um, and haven't watched it. Yeah. But I love, I love Fred Armisen too. And pretty much everything he everything he does so yeah i'll check that out and i i remember seeing when this came out like a lot of the press he did for it because he i think he was on some some show where he did maybe conan and he did like the the 50 states like accent yeah thing. Yeah, yeah yeah it's so it was, good yeah he it's he's so just good at those accents too like it's yeah it's not yeah. only funny but it, he's genuinely like impressive how he can mm-hmm. pull that off yeah nice uh all right uh, okay the next one i'll do is uh waiting for guffman the christopher guest directed movie do you do you know about waiting for guffman at all i don't so uh it's a it's a mockumentary with a lot of the uh um pretty much all the same people that are in uh like the other christopher guest movies like uh spinal tap and best in show ah okay okay um i thought chris i thought uh spinal tap was rob reiner rob reiner directed it but i think uh christopher, he, christopher guest was in it and i think he wrote it too oh gotcha gotcha um and then so he continued um to do like spinal tap like mockumentary stuff after that yeah so after spinal tap he he's directed quite a few mockumentary style movies now best in show waiting for guffman a mighty wind mascots stars a lot of those same same people like those same like uh canadian comedic actors like fred willard uh eugene well, i think fred willard's american but anyway uh Catherine o'hara eugene levy um who are like huge right now because of schitt's creek mm-hmm. yeah super popular um so yeah it's a, it's a lot of those same people that were you know are involved in best in show or uh it also has larry miller parker posey david cross bob odenkirk Brian Doyle Murray. Um, so yeah, it's, it's got a good cast too. And it's, it's uh it's pretty funny. It's, it's definitely very dry. didn't like it as much as best in show and um, spinal tap uh, as far as, you know, these mockumentaries go, but uh, still really funny. And it's just of this small town and they're celebrating like their 150th anniversary. And Christopher guest is, uh, you know, this guy who's very into Broadway in the town and he wants to put on a play for it. Uh, and so it's, you know, it's, it's a bit heartwarming too, cause it's Christopher Guest getting together this, um, 
group from this group of people from the town who want to be like acting and stuff and they're like they they're like a dentist or something and you know gene i think eugene levy's a dentist and he but he always wanted to be an actor uh and so even though he's middle-aged he's like you know this is this might be my break you know <laughs> it really is just like a local production of a of a play um, yeah so it's it's like it's really funny and i think my favorite some of my favorite parts of it were just uh like the talking heads from uh eugene levy and fred willard and Catherine o'hara they're all super funny yeah um, and like the little town just the the quirky characters in it uh was really funny and everything so yeah i should really watch this yeah no i think you'd like it i, I liked it overall it's uh um yeah it's just not as memorable to me as uh something like spinal tap but uh still pretty funny yeah and spinal tap is definitely people. a movie i need to rewatch. that's a great one yeah 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 um so yeah yeah that's waiting for guffman i think i think that's on hbo max yeah nice HBO max in here yeah well i i will also be bringing up an hbo max movie um <laughs> And I'm passing up over other HBO Max movies I watched to talk about this HBO Max movie. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, so uh, we're going to, since the last feature I brought up was in the 30s, uh, we're going to stay in the 30s here. Uh, 1938, I watched uh, The Adventures of Robin Hood. Um oh. The uh, this one's directed by Michael Curtiz and um, William Cayley or Kylie, probably Cayley. Sure, um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm good with that. Yeah, uh, works for me. So I really haven't seen any Robin Hood movies. I don't know about you. Uh, I've only seen well, actually, I've seen the Disney animated one, and I've seen uh, the Mel Brooks men in tights uh yeah yeah so yeah. none of like the real like real yeah. story of robin hood ones disney and Brooks. Yeah. yeah i haven't seen a single one and i actually grew up with this robin hood book as a kid really that i read i read i read it all the time it was like one of my favorite books <laughs> um and so and the only reason why i watched this is honestly is because i was i saw my brother watched it and, and said it was a amazing <laughs> so it was great and you know i never ever think to watch a robin hood movie um yeah right yeah but like when i watched this it kind of reminded me of just uh all the like joy i had reading that book as a kid all the time mm -hmm. and it really brought out like i don't know just how i picture robin hood in my head like it just brought that out very well um like there's a like there's a just such a fun like joyfulness in this movie and it's and it's very like silly and funny but also like you know heroic in a way and i feel like it's only able to do that and pull off this tone just because it's like in it's in the 30s you know and they yeah. kind of specialized in doing stuff like this back then like i don't think like i think if you're into this like if you're into movies from the 30s already or the forties even um, you'll like this a lot, but like for people today, it definitely doesn't age obviously because you know, people don't want to watch a movie from no one <laughs> our age wants to watch the thirties adventures of yeah. Robin hood. Right. Um, but like I, 
I like, for instance, John, I think you would really think this is great and enjoy this. Like, cause yeah, it's, it's very well done and it's just a good time. Cool. Yeah. yeah. I'm definitely going to check it out. I've seen it. Um, yeah. I saw, I saw that you watched it on Letterboxd and I've seen like, just like the image of it on, on HBO max and been. Yeah. Intrigued. It looks like it'd be a fun classic movie, like adventure movie. For, yeah oh yeah it's just like one of those where you're like all right that was that was just perfect <laughs> you know yeah i think they i don't know there's other robin hood movies that i haven't really been interested in seeing i think there's one yeah. with kevin costner which maybe it's there, good. i don't know anything. there's a ridley scott one with russell crowe in 2010 which oh, looks just yeah. it, it looks just super dark which is ridiculous for you know robin hood that's the thing is like the th- the 38 michael curtis adventures of robin hood is not like it's not like dark at all it's like mm-hmm. very much fits the setting of of like where you know robin hood's in like england in like a beautiful forest and they like have feasts and they like <laughs> uh go to jousts and like they rob like lords and stuff like that who are greedy and you know like it's just like very fun vibes they're like drinking ale all the time and stuff like that and they yeah, there's a lot of sword fights and arrow yeah. contests. <laughs> <laughs> now we're talking. Yeah. 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 Nice. That sounds fun. Um, okay. The next one that I'll go over with is one that I know you've seen because we have uh, briefly texted about it. <laughs> but uh, Paris, Texas. I find. Oh yes. Uh, Vim Vendas, uh, the German mm-hmm. director, and wow, this. This movie was something else. I uh, <laughs> uh, I'd heard great things about it. I remember we. I think we talked about it, maybe on a podcast before when you saw it. And yeah, I think I was like telling it. you to watch it. <laughs> yeah, this, we're coming full circle. There's a couple DA Pennebaker and now Paris, Texas that you recommended <laughs> to me, and I finally got yeah, finally made it. Yeah, like a year later. All right. Yeah, but uh, wow, Paris, Texas, really. Uh, I don't know. It it had an effect on me, and it's almost one yeah, I, hit, hits you right in the head emotionally. Yeah, and it, it's one where I almost don't have much to say about, like, you know, I don't know, trying to dissect everything that goes on, but that it really made me feel, uh, made me feel stuff, and yeah. uh, especially I was blown away by the scenes where to watch him talk to, um, what's her name, Klaus Kinski's daughter jane mm-hmm. um through like the the mirror or like and i thought i thought that was such like a brilliant way to um uh, for this character to sort of comfortably uh, you know just explain himself and and sort of almost like a like a therapy session you know mm-hmm. get out yeah. what he needed to get out and it was yeah i mean those uh those scenes were, were just like yeah, that image comes up on my like Instagram account a lot because I like I just have movie stuff comes comes up all the time. Just like uh-huh. yeah, that the mirror shot and like the reverse yeah. of it. Yeah, it's just like one of the best one of the best things in film. Yeah, yeah. I uh, yeah, I don't I don't know too much too much else to say about it, but definitely one of the movies that's made me feel something like emotionally uh, in in a while. Um, yeah time yeah timeless stuff yeah mm. it's good yeah. yeah vim vendors i really want to 
just go down all of them because I've only seen like a couple. Yeah, that's yeah another another director to uh, to get into. Yeah, yeah, John Waters, Vim Vendors. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, what else was it? Gonna... Oh, also like uh, cinematographer Robbie Muller. Oh, yeah, it is looks amazing. Um, yeah, and I also like. I really, I really like the movie uh, Down by Law, and he was the cinematographer of that movie. Uh, wow. Yeah, and on my Criterion, there's like a whole like interview with him and stuff. So, yeah. Oh, nice. that's like you know, like I try. I'm really not good at it. I try to like learn cinematographers. Like I know a good amount, but like, uh, like Robbie Muller is definitely one of the first ones where I've like genuinely been like, oh yeah, I'm a fan of Robbie Muller. <laughs> you know. <laughs> nice. Yeah, and I can yeah. meet it. Yeah, it's yeah, it looks beautiful too. Oh yeah, just like uh the, the color schemes and some shots just these mm-hmm. uh in the, in the very beginning when he's and he's walking around and he's just wearing yeah that hat in and the, just the yeah yeah the landscape oh yeah, yeah. yeah that that opening always gets you just right into it like yeah. you just know you're you're getting into something amazing yeah it's it's one that yeah i had to like it had to it sat with me for a while you know i had mm-hmm. to uh, yeah yeah it It really is just like one of the best films probably yeah it really is good stuff so next i'm gonna knock out three films in one all right we are staying in the 30s (laughs) and we're going with yeah (laughs) (laughs) and we're going with a podcast director that we have talked about a lot um there is a collection on the Criterion channel called British Hitchcock, and I've been delving Ooh. into it. Um, I watched Sabotage, which is 1936, uh, Young and in- Innocent, which is 1937, um, and The Man Who Knew Too Much, which is 1934. Uh, you know, the first Man Who Knew Too Much. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, yeah, and I had a good time with all these. Uh, I've been nice. trying to watch just like more older introductory Hitchcock, mm-hmm. you know, and just I really want to see all of them yeah. one day. Um, and like I feel like just British Hitchcock is a great like introduction, introductory level of Hitchcock because yeah, he, he hasn't even you know he hasn't even made it to hollywood yet apparently yeah. i guess that's what that means because you don't see any of those studio logos come up you see a logo that you don't even know <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah um, like james stewart in it and, yeah yeah uh, it doesn't have the powerhouse just <laughs> every powerhouse actor in all of them yeah um mm-hmm. and what you you really see him developing he just like his like craft in those movies in these movies too and like for storytelling and uh just cinematic entertainment that he was able and tension that he was able to just uh you know become arguably the greatest director ever with after that um so it's they're definitely worth watching even though they're not as you know like just not as like great necessarily they're um Mm -hmm. they're a lot you know they're you know, Much more scale, scale, more scaled down, a lot more yeah. basic. But like, if you really just appreciate like filmmaking, um, they're just worth watching just to like, uh, you know, 
watch him figure in, figuring it out and kind of just inventing, uh, inventing the medium in a way. So it's really crazy for that aspect. And, you know, you can make an argument that some of these stories feel small, um, but they're for, for the time they're pretty um, significant how, like just how they're told and stuff like that. And so, yeah, I highly recommend them. I want to watch the rest of my, the British Hitchcock collection nice, uh, for yeah. sure. Yeah. I think my favorite was The Man Who Knew Too Much out of all these. I thought it was uh, just very well done. Nice. I, uh, I've i seen The Man Who Knew Too Much and Sabotage. Haven't seen, uh, what is it, Young and Innocent? Yeah, Young and Innocent. Yeah. Um, yeah, I liked both of those and more than I thought I would for, you know, how early yeah they were too yeah and and a best part of them they're like an hour 10 hour 20 they're not none of them are long so they're very quick just like pieces of entertainment yeah yeah man now you're making me want to watch uh watch some more hitchcock well you can just like you can just like rattle one off at any time that's what's great about the hitchcock collection on the criteria channel (laughs) yeah yeah it's not like you're not watching a three hour you know tarkovsky movie or some shit like that you're just watching a you know quick nice and easy easy to digest entertaining yeah. movie yeah yeah uh all right uh now the next ones for me i'll knock out two as well because they're uh they're similar we've talked about one of these recently too uh but uh two movies in uh that p- potentially in the same universe they came out back to back years, 2010, 2011. It's going the distance and horrible bosses. <laughs> and these are both movies where uh, Charlie Day and Jason Sudeikis play like, are, the are two they, are the friends. friends. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> horrible bosses definitely. You know, it's not a rom com, but uh, um, it's just a com. But uh, it has, uh, <laughs> yeah, Jason Bateman and then his two friends, Jason Sudeikis and Charlie Day, and then the year before, yeah, it was Justin Long. And his two friends, Jason Sudeikis, Charlie Day. Yeah, but uh, these are some, uh, yeah, some some comedies from back when we were in high school. That uh, I mean, I really loved Horrible Bosses when it came out, uh, and still, uh, still think it's funny. Uh, you know, I yeah, I still think it's a solid comedy. Um, there, there's some things that I don't think are as funny now as they were ten years ago. But uh, yeah, yeah, going the distance. We talked about a little bit too um you know fun rom-com justin long he's like of course has like the coolest job he works at a record label and he just goes and <laughs> he just watches bands all day and it's like yeah, in high school yeah. i was like oh my god like being in a being an adult is awesome you can just work at a record label and yeah that's and, what i'll still do i'll watch rom-coms and i'll be like you're like this is what i'll be like in my 30s i will have <laughs> a good job and a nice apartment and i will you know, eat ice cream and drink because of my breakup, you know, like shit yeah. like that. Like adult problems. Yeah. Adult I'll, adulthood doesn't look that bad. I'll just go to the bar, grab a beer with my bros. We'll talk about yeah. talk about yeah. lady issues and then I'll go to my job where I just she listen to my, bands. My girlfriend lives in San Francisco. Yeah. It's too much distance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's yeah, and then if she's of course some you know hotshot journalist too, they just have these very like seemingly you know as as a person in high school seemingly attainable uh, things, but uh, yeah, 
Uh, yeah, I mean, they're still they're enjoyable movies. Liked them. Horrible bosses, still yeah. funny. Yeah. Hor- horrible bosses. Like I remember seeing it uh, opening, maybe not opening night, but I remember seeing it at the Yorktown AMC mm-hmm. with some friends, um, and it being such a big deal. Oh yeah, it was. It was big at the time, for great, sure. Great, great, great theater experience. I remember. I remember it was packed, and like, like Jamie Fox was going like motherfucker jones yeah. and the whole the whole theater just erupted during that scene <laughs> there's yeah. definitely a lot of quotes i noticed that um like you know i remember just people saying um back yeah it came out you know mm-hmm. um that i i forgot about until now but uh mm-hmm. there's even a sequel i forgot that there's a horrible yeah too. i think i may have tried or <laughs> thought about watching it one time but i never did yeah i haven't, I haven't seen that yeah, and going the distance, I didn't see till last year. On the other hand, <laughs> yeah, and I was like, "This is solid, <laughs> solid flick." <laughs> yeah, well, that's uh, yeah, that's yeah, that's a good duo. That's all I got to say about those. But yeah, they they could be in the same cinematic universe, Jason Sudeikis <laughs> and Charlie Day. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, it's it's weird. I wonder if like if that's coincidence or if like their agents worked it out or a producer worked it out or some. Yeah. You know what it's I mean? Like, like it, it's too much of a coincidence. I feel like. Yeah, exactly. Cause it would be different if they came out like, you know, five or six years apart, but they were literally back to back years, probably mm-hmm. like the, yeah. Two back to back movies that they did. So yeah. Yeah. Weird coincidence. If, if it were a coincidence. All right. So then I'm going to do another, another, uh, two movie a two movie duo here um so we're we're past when i had covid what was the last movie i did oh the hitchcocks okay so we've we've gone past to when i have covid this is me a couple weeks ago and i'm all better now you know what i mean i'm i'm watching movies normally now with full full energy and full use of all my, uh, you know, my brain and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, so I got, I, yeah. I just got this giant nineties run, you know, I just wanted like, for some reason, every movie I was watching was a movie I'd seen before uh, from the nineties. And it's such a good time because the, there's so many good nineties movies. <laughs> there's yeah. really are. Um, and one of uh, a couple that I watched uh, fit together very well. I, because I, there are two Keanu Reeves nineties action movies, um, point break and speed. Um, both that I'd seen before, like once and really liked and on like rewatch for both of them, I just thought were absolutely amazing and just had the most fun time arguably the two most fun times i've watched a movie definitely in 2021 i think uh those are the two most fun movie watching experiences i've had but still like in a while like that's the most Mm. fun i've had watching movies um they're just both they're both so they're both so great they're so like different but also like you know unique in their own way but also just like i i like i had the best time watching point break i couldn't think of a you know i was like oh how am i gonna be able to you know top that i have like i know there's fun action movies but like none of them will be as good as point break (laughs) and we i was like all right we'll watch i will watch speed then 
Um, you know, but I was, th- and I knew speed was good. I knew I was going to like it again, mm-hmm. but I didn't think it would compare to point break, but speed is, you know, just in its own way, like, you know, one of the most exhilarating films like ever. And it was so great in its own way. So I was like, Oh, whoa! now speed is great. <laughs> whoa. <laughs> and so I just, yeah, I, it was just such a good duo. I highly recommend if you ever have, uh, the time to watch both of those, yeah, both of those a, movies. That sounds because, like a great double feature. Yeah. 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 It was phenomenal. Uh, yeah. Like point break for instance, has so much, uh, things about it that I forgot. Like it's an incredibly well-directed movie and like the, the footage of just like the surfing and the waves is like incredible. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's amazing footage. Um, yeah. And it's also like one of hilarious, like it's, (laughs) it's absolutely hilarious. Um, yeah, I was, I was laughing, laughing nonstop. Yeah. I love point break that it's fun to go back to see like this kind of star that Keanu was back. Yeah. Yeah. And he, like his name's Johnny Utah (laughs) and he was a quarterback at Ohio state and like, He's talking to Gary Busey all the time. And Gary Busey literally made me laugh in every scene. <laughs> literally yeah. every scene. Uh, back in the days when Gary Busey was like actually an actor and not just some like caricature that he is now. Yeah, I know. Whatever yeah. he became. But yeah, yeah, yeah. amazing. Uh, nice. Yeah. And Speed is just keanu's like you know even more of like an established guy at the time and i speed really made me like put him and like tom cruise in like the same like i was like okay so wait wait a minute keanu's actually kind of like tom cruise (laughs) because he's incredible in this movie (laughs) you know what i mean um and it was great to just watch him face off with dennis hopper that like dennis hopper goes full like off the walls at mo- moments like just yell- yelling and running after Keanu uh, and he's a maniac in it he's blowing up like so much shit <laughs> he blows up like a bus and it I just can, burns can, on the street I can see um, Dennis Hopper and then he and then, and then Keanu he's talking on the phone to Keanu and he's just like you just gotta worry about the bus <laughs> and it's just so it's just so great like they just don't like ah, they don't make action movies like Speed and Point Break anymore. <sighs> they really don't, and the, they never yeah. will. Let's see. Okay, the next one I'll go with is a new movie, which is uh, the talk of the town right now. Yeah. It's on HBO Max. Uh, Judas and the Black Messiah. Yeah, uh, we gotta watch that. Just watched a few days ago. Uh, yeah, still early 2021, so still plenty of time to to watch this but uh yeah it's a great movie and also starring (laughs) i've uh, heard three of probably like some of the most um i would say sought after actors working today lakeith stanfield daniel kaluuya and jesse plemons you know it's really the three of them are really the the forefront of this movie yeah they're all amazing Mm. uh especially i this isn't to diminish um, Lakeith Stanfield or Jesse Plemons, who are uh, obviously incredible in this, but uh, Daniel Kaluuya was on another level. And Ooh. 
it's almost like uh the the whole movie was great but uh his scene specifically i was so much more interesting grossed by everything because he's so he's just such a powerful character mm-hmm. he's uh i mean you, you know even in the trailer you can see like wow like uh yeah this is something else and uh i didn't know it's like so terrible that i didn't really know anything about this story never heard of mm-hmm. fred, fred hampton before um and so i i mean i think this movie's coming out at like um a really great time mm-hmm. and uh when i feel like there's more and more things about uh you know black history in the u.s that we're finally learning about that mm-hmm. you know, weren't taught in school uh so yeah it's um really really important movie and also just overall a really well done movie too you know if it wasn't on a real true subject matter it'd still be uh you know just a really powerful movie um yeah yeah a lot of good things to, to yeah see. i really gotta get to this mm-hmm. yeah stop watching 90s movies <laughs> enough about speed yeah <laughs> yeah like i i realize i'm i'm just so not as good like i i i definitely i believe i watch more movies than most people but sure, I, yeah. I'm really not. <laughs> yeah, as we're as we talk about this, um, I but I'm really not good at watching new movies. I, I'm I'm kind of the same way. When when a new movie comes out, I almost feel like I, I've already got hundreds of other movies that I'm trying to watch. That yeah, uh, I kind of put it off since it's new. Like I'll yeah, I've got time. I'll get to it. So yeah, this one. Uh, yeah, this one we um yeah we just wanting to see there's a lot of buzz about it so yeah no uh, yeah. yeah and i i'm sure i'll love it too yeah. and uh i like their i love all those guys and i want to see it but <laughs> i can't <laughs> can't bring myself to do it uh yeah. probably i don't know probably tomorrow nice. after work i'll watch it <laughs> nice. all right my next movie is also an HBO Max, and I think we were like, I don't know if you remember this, but I remember one time when we were trying to pick movies on HBO Max, we thought, hey, what about this one? <laughs> out of, <laughs> but it was also out of like twenty. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, a growing so, list. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it's uh, it's the original, uh, not the original, but Richard Donner's nineteen seventy eight Superman. Oh yeah, yeah. Superman, I think we yeah. said, oh, you want to watch Superman?" <laughs> oh, yeah, I'll watch Superman. <laughs> I'll watch Superman, sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why not? Um, wait, which I think I think this is probably like the most well-regarded Superman. Probably. I'm uh I'm not a not too knowledgeable about Superman, but I feel like Me neither. I feel like this these is the one are the I movies hear about. that made yeah. him big, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think like all the Christopher Reeves like supermans were like yeah what what the reason why they wanted to make like a man of steel was because superman was you know successful before it's like 90s batman to like nolan's batman sort of sort of deal yeah Mm -hmm. um and i think we talked about like superman on our last episode because we we talked about dc a little bit and i think i mentioned that i kind of like man of steel a little bit blah 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 but i'm also i'm not really like I'm not that into Superman, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm just not, but like, I thought, you know, I just thought this 
was something I wanted to see. It has like a crazy cast. And I also just, just, you know, just found myself interested and thought I would, you know, it'd be a fun thing to watch. And it, it was, it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, like I said, like how Robin Hood kind of works in the thirties. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like Superman works in like the late seventies, <laughs> nice. you know? <laughs> um, and, and, the, and so like, it's kind of like the goo, the silliness of that. Um, and, and the fact that Christopher Reeves is just kind of really good in it and good in this of just like, playing the corny i'm superman you know thing but also being like he kind of switches to clark kent like pretty well in this like it even though you know there's that running bid where it's like how do these you know like the journalists don't know that this is clark kent you know blah 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 (laughs) but like it's kind of personality wise he plays a very good contrast to superman like like he's not glowing like superman is he he's like really sleazy and like lacks confidence and just is like the weirdest guy ever because he's like he's like superman he doesn't know how to function in society you know as a regular person so it kind of works off um that um i would say the most the best part of this movie is marlon brando even though he's only in he's only in two scenes um is he played he's his dad um uh his John Jorel 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 um so he's in the beginning of the movie where they're like deciding we have to get rid of rid of him and send him to earth <laughs> you know blah 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 like you know that whole scene mm-hmm. and it's like a you know it's like a, like a typical like superman origin story such as like the spider-man being peter parker being bit by the spider um so marlon brando's in that scene and then he's in the scene where like superman discovers the fortress of solitude and then he there's like a hologram of marlon brando's face pops up he's like you are my son (laughs) you will do incredible things and then like the John Williams score kicks in and it goes like, and then Superman like, Oh, it is. It's such a classic. Yeah. And so then Superman takes off and saves the world. And it's pretty much that simple. But like when Marlon Brando's in this movie and he's like, it's just weird seeing him after like, you know, we watched for instance, like last tango in Paris with him, you know, stuff, shit like that. Seeing him in a movie like this, which is, like just a very mainstream superhero movie. Um, and the acting isn't so method. It's a lot more basic movie acting. There was still, he was still just so incredible in every scene he was in. Like, like just his voice and demeanor worked perfectly for like someone uh, like, like a, like a higher being from another planet, you know? Mm -hmm. And there's specifically a monologue where like, it's just the hologram of Brando talking to uh, uh, Superman about how he's like, you know, he'll use his powers to do great things and, you know, be the guard of earth. And it, it kind of like, 
it gets like really trippy as it goes you go into space all these stars are flying past you and there's just a, the voiceover of brando talking to his son and i'm just and I, at that moment i was just like holy shit this is great you know what i mean <laughs> like so yeah definitely the best part of the movie is uh brando but overall highly recommend superman <laughs> cool nice yeah yeah like I think there was a lot of hype in this, uh, like around this movie for a while, and I understand. Yeah, you know, I I've haven't seen any of these original Superman movies, but I remember as a kid when Christopher Reeve died, and I remember that being a big deal. Like I remember hearing about like, oh, the guy who played Superman died, and everyone was mm-hmm. talking yeah. about at the time. So yeah, yeah, I've really, I I really don't know much about Superman. I've only seen man of steel and batman versus superman i think and then i mean i watched justice league growing up but mm-hmm. yeah and then gene hackman plays lex luther yeah yeah so he's good yeah wow dang nice. and also his um the like not his actual dad you know his other dad like i don't know his adopted father is played by um uh Glenn Ford, who's also a legend, Ooh. legendary actor. So it's like yeah. someone just people just pop up. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, that's crazy. Yeah, that I'm sure that was huge back in the day. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah and, and he, it's funny. He's only in like a couple scenes like Brando, but he kills them both. <laughs> yeah, I've seen the I've seen just like the still of Brando with his like his white hair and yeah yeah costume and everything yeah <laughs> and it, and it's good it's funny as hell because it's it's a movie you never would think he would do but he's in it uh-huh, yeah. and it, it it works because he's so great you know yeah. he adds he adds to the epic quality of it like you know him and john williams's score and the you know yeah i got into it nice uh okay next one for me uh is i finally watched scorsese's cape fear oh okay uh, that's what i haven't McNulty. seen in a while yeah and this one i just always forget you know i i remember seeing cape fear you know on streaming services and everything but i always forget that it's a scorsese movie uh for some reason but uh um yeah i really liked cape fear it's uh really felt like uh, a genuine horror movie which was uh, cool to see from Scorsese, you know, De Niro, really crazy, uh, crazy, insane, different, different role, criminally insane guy. Yeah, definitely mm-hmm. different for him. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's it, some parts of it are funny too. Just uh, I don't know, Nick Nolte getting really, uh, yeah, flustered and just like mm-hmm. paranoid about everything. Um, yeah, those those are kind of funny, but also. Um, you know, I still think I still liked Nick Nolte in, uh, in this and everything, but, um, yeah, really, really good, solid movie. Um, I feel like it's, I, I understand some more cultural references that I've seen before too. Yeah. You know, like the, the Simpsons episode. So yeah, Cape for Fear. years, that's all I had seen was the sideshow Bob Simpsons yeah. version. And that's all I was thinking about when, watching this yeah um, so much of it first, makes sense when i first saw it i was like oh yeah they they were doing uh they're making fun of this and that okay yeah <laughs> you know? like, yeah no, i get it but there's yeah. some about it like the way simpsons like 
kind of rips movies off like that that kind of put put even if you haven't seen the movie it just like you know it, it puts you know those moments stay stuck in your head yeah exactly uh, yeah yeah oh yeah simpsons that's a great episode uh of simpsons. yeah yeah incredible um, episode yeah and uh yeah yeah i really liked cape fear too uh the climax of the movie the boat and everything that's it's a it's a scorsese movie you know you gotta <laughs> You got to see as many of those as you can. So um, <laughs> glad I finally saw Cape Fear. Yeah, to go nice. along with my no, I am, I am all I am all about trying to <laughs> see as many Martin Scorsese movies as you can. Yeah. Well, there we there we go. There you have it. Yeah, that's uh, how Luke survived COVID, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm still and now and how i'm ha- been surviving life yes <laughs> yes yeah, I, wor- I work in retail it's very boring so i stimulate with two keanu reeves movies and <laughs> 30s hitchcock and robin hood <laughs> <laughs> nice yeah yeah you definitely utilize that hbo max subscription oh uh, for sure time, which yeah which if you've got covid quarantine and you're and you're relatively healthy you know you don't have to go to the hospital god forbid then uh then yeah it's a good time to uh to stream as many HBO just stay home and watch movies <laughs> yeah and even if you're just perfectly healthy and uh and okay yeah you, know? you should stay home and watch movies because yeah. you know the vaccine's coming out we should still be smart 